Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello guys, welcome back to On Point. Um, I'm scared but excited to do today's episode because it's something I've been wanting to talk about for a while. Not that you guys don't probably know that, but it's a sensitive subject and definitely something that shaped who I am in a very big way and something that a lot of people go through. And I know that. And I've, you know been trying to think of tips and tricks on how to handle it because it's something I'm gonna have to deal with for the rest of my life um and it's really hard it's terrible but it's a common thing and I'm gonna tell you guys how I get through it some stories and yeah today we're talking about being a child of divorce it's so crazy because I feel like divorce has gotten so much more common like I feel like when I ask my friends now like girls in their 20s or whatever and I ask if their parents are together it's rarely a yes you know I feel like most parents are divorced at this point and it's so strange because I feel like all of the people that are a child of divorce you would always think like when you're little that your parents would never be the ones to be divorced at least for me I was always like oh I mean, that's crazy. I, my parents will never get divorced. That's that's like a crazy idea. I'll never have a separated family. And when it started happening, I was just so young. So I am the youngest of three. And my sister is six years older than me. And my brother's five years older than me. So then I was like the last little surprise there. So they were off to college at the time, and I was about 12, I think, when it started kind of happening. Um, We lived in our childhood home, and I remember just shit was hitting the fan. They, you know, now that I think about it, my parents were never really compatible (laughs) at all. Like, knowing the both of them now in a separate relationship and not together, I'm like, I don't know how you guys were ever together. And it's interesting Because I think all of this trauma of this time, I blocked out. Like, I don't remember a time when my parents were together and, like, loving together. Like, and I should. Like, I remember some things before the age of 12, that's for sure. But, like, I do not remember them, like, kissing or being loving towards each other. Like, I really don't remember them or, like, remember a time when they were together. It's so bizarre. But I know that they were. And I was about, like, 12... 13 ish and all of a sudden one day like they would definitely fight 
a lot and they also worked together in a business in the house. They owned um, a clothing line. So my mom started Luna Luna, (laughs) which is her baby clothing line. It was very successful. And then he did the business aspect of it. And I do think that was their downfall, like working together. You should never work a business with your partner. I think that was like definitely what got between them. But something that I blamed myself for a while, which I think is really common, especially when parents first divorce, is you blame yourself as the kid. But I would, um, I was scared to sleep alone for a very, very long time. So I slept on a mattress on their floor up to the age of 13 and on. Like, I just had really, really, like, early onset anxiety and we didn't really know what that was. But I would sleep on their floor and later I would blame myself because I'd be like, oh, well, they never got to get intimate. Maybe that would have saved their marriage. Maybe I'm the reason they're divorced because stupid me decided that I needed to sleep on their floor in, in their room. But we'll get into that later. So when I was about 13-ish, I remember seeing a for sale sign on our house and I was so devastated, beyond devastated. I was kicking it down. I was like going through all of those crazy, like almost like a movie. Like I was kicking it down. I was so upset. I was trying to trash the house. I remember during this time, I was just really struggling. I had gotten like understudy for the main part in the ballet and I remember I was going to therapy at the time because I was so sad about everything going on in my life. I was just really upset and I remember I had a journal and I would write, this is really dark, but I would write stuff like, oh, I want to, you know, kill myself and I don't know how, sorry, trigger warning. I I actually did not mean these things, but I would leave them open on my little mattress on my parents' floor so that my mom would see it and be like, oh, Luna's not well. Let's not move out of her childhood home. Let's like choose not to. So I thought that would like keep them from doing it. Instead, I got put in therapy. It was just such a weird time because my siblings weren't there to really protect me. I was the only one going through this. They didn't understand what was going on because as far as they were concerned, they had their picture-perfect parents until they left the house for college. So I was just kind of dealing with this on my own in the middle of them, you know, fighting and going through whatever. And it was really hard. And I remember my dad started working in Santa Barbara, which is about, it's pretty far away from LA. I don't know if you guys know like the coordinates, but if you move to Santa Barbara, you're moving to a whole different county. Like it was like an intense move. And he would spend his weeks in Santa Barbara working there, um, I don't really know exactly what he was doing. I think he was working with a business partner at his ranch or something or developing something. I don't know. And I just remember he would be gone all week and then he would come home on the weekends and I barely saw him. And I, I genuinely do not remember this time, but we ended up moving out of the childhood home and I somehow convinced my mom to stay for the end of the school year so that I could do Nutcracker and I could have done my recital at the time um and like just have to like finish it's hard to move in the middle of a school year so I had her I I had a stay and we moved into this like 
random house in our um, area. And it was like a smaller house. It was fine, though. I actually kind of loved it. It was really cute. Um, we moved there and it was just kind of me and my mom and then my dad would come home on the weekends and I could just sense obviously that they weren't really working out. Like, I I don't think I really was that aware. I think I was more focused on, you know, my own stuff. I remember this whole year I was just kind of down because we were going, so the plan was we were all moving to Santa Barbara, um, to like move towards where my dad would be working and I was so upset about that I'm like I (laughs) do not want to go start a whole new life find whole new friends a whole new dance place like this is like gonna uproot my entire life and I'm I was so upset about it obviously that's a really common thing like parents take their kids and move but I was just so not okay with that and I had such a weird thing with Santa Barbara I was like why would I move there I was so upset I remember like I took a trial class at a dance studio and it was like fine it was fine but I was just I could not even fathom the thought of not being with my friends and my dance community and like it was really really sad for me and I remember like my director of my studio overheard that I was moving to Santa Barbara and I was crying with her and I was just like really really not I was so upset so I remember the time came where we moved like to this little house in Santa Santa Barbara um that my dad was at it was his business partner's ranch and he was on this little house so we all were there for a little bit like at the start of the summer and me and my mom had planned that we were going to go on like a mother-daughter trip to New York and Denmark and this is such a distinct memory in my head it's one of the craziest memories I feel like I have but I remember I was crying (laughs) because this was the age of the Amanda Steele Maddie Bragg like they all chopped their hair short they had the coffin gray coffin nails like they were just the emo like internet girls and I was just I idolized them this is when I actually started my YouTube channel the very first time I started videos was at this little house in Santa Barbara if you go back and look but I remember I wanted to chop my hair off and my mom was like, no, you cannot chop your hair off. And I was so upset. I went out there like they were sitting outside and I was crying and I was like so upset. I was like, you guys suck. Like, why would you let me cut my hair off? And I remember walking out and you could just sense that they had some like intense conversation and were like crying. And that was the time when they were both like, yeah, we need to like separate or we need to get a divorce or something. And I'd walked out at that moment and like I didn't they didn't say anything to me or like I didn't say anything to them but I could just sense that something was not right I also remember at that time this is such also such a traumatic memory but we had been pretty well off our whole life like I never had to worry about money it's not like I I think I talked about this in my last or two episodes ago but I didn't have to worry about money really like I never worried about safety or stability ever because we were in a really nice house and stuff but we at that time we moved out of the house and I just remember this memory in this little Santa Barbara house where my mom had like a money like a box with like money and she was crying and she was like this is all we have like and held this like money box in front of me like that was the one thing I think that ended up breaking up my parents and the one like most prevalent 
topic in my childhood was money. It was always about money and it still is with them. Like, especially my mom, the problem is always money. And I remember she was, I was like, wait, mom, like, aren't we fine? Like we, we lived in a really nice house. Like, like we sold it. Like, aren't, aren't we okay? She's like, no, we're not okay. This is all we have. And she was crying. It was just like a really intense time. And I was just, that was like the start of my like severe anxiety of stability and like not having my own home and like a place to kind of you know cultivate my like little teenage room and stuff like that was the start of me being like oh shit now I have to worry and fear for like a roof over my head so me and my mom ended up going to New York we stayed with a friend um for the summer and it was just kind of like a little vacation it was really nice but we I think she kind of was like, I need to get out of here. So we went to New York and then all of a sudden she had set up these auditions for me for schools in New York. And I had gone to this like performing arts school. She had like this like solo audition for me. And I was like, all right, like, cool. Like, I'll I'll do it. And I would do these auditions. Like she had just set all this stuff up for me, looked up all this stuff. And then we went to Denmark and that was with like her family. It was really nice. And then we went back to New York and I'd ended up getting into this performing arts school in New York. And my mom was like, "Okay, well, it's it's obviously your choice. Like we can move to Santa Barbara or we could move to New York. And I was like, well, obviously, New York, like I Santa Barbara was such a. I don't know, boring option to me, obviously, they moved to New York. And at the time, my sister was going to NYU. So I would live in the same city as my sister, my best friend at the time. Naomi had gotten into SAB which is a ballet school so she was moving to New York at the same time and I was like okay well this is like has a little bit of a slice of home like let me go here much cooler whatever and I think at the time my mom was kind of like desperate to kind of get out of the situation she was in and there was no fight do you know what I mean like it wasn't like no I want to see my daughter like let's figure this out or let's send her home a month, like for a couple weeks of a of a year or whatever like it was nothing like that but he kind of let me go and he I think this was like a misunderstanding to me at the time like I thought he was just like okay cool like get them out of here you know like I don't care about my daughter just let her go but he did call my dance teachers at the time I was like is this the right choice for her and her career and was like really trying to think about that stuff as well like is this a good school and And that I didn't really realize at the time. I just thought, you know, my mom wants to sweep me away. And it was like convenient for the both of them, which, you know, thinking about it now, obviously it it was like a better option. But we ended up moving to New York. And this is kind of where like shit hit the fan because they were separated but I don't think I kind of knew that yet. I just kind of thought this like they were doing this for me, you know, like they were sweeping me away to help me with my career and what I wanted. But I think it was kind of an excuse for them. But at the time, me and my mom were searching for these apartments to live in together. And most of them were one bedroom. And it was weird at the time because my dad kind of was in charge of the money aspect of it all. And we had found this one bedroom apartment and it was honestly really nice. It was outside of Manhattan. It was in Long Island City. If you guys were here since the very beginning, you remember, because this is where I really started my YouTube channel. 
we lived behind the Pepsi Cola sign in Long Island City in New York. And we lived in a one bedroom. We shared um, the bed the whole year. And I just remember, I, obviously, it was so exciting at the time because it was such a cool change for me. But once I had started school, I remember the whole money issue was so intense. It was like, oh, we would be like in the city late at night and I wanted to take a taxi like instead of the subway because it was freezing or whatever. And my mom would be like, oh, well, dad didn't send us money so you can take that up with him. So, no, we have to take the subway. Or it was like always her arguing with with my dad because of money because we didn't have enough money to survive and at this time I remember I think my dad had like a a schedule of okay I'll FaceTime you once a week and again I'm 13 at this at this age or maybe it was like once a day either way that ended up fizzling out and this was the time when they really really started fighting so my mom obviously resented him and everything regarding his finances and his money because he was in charge of like giving us the money we need to survive. And she was like, well, I mean, I'm taking care of our daughter and I need this and this and this. And he was reluctant to do that. At this time, it's something that we and me and my dad talk about a lot because this is like the most traumatic time, I think, regarding like daddy issues, all of that stuff because he did stop having contact with me or caring about having contact with me. It was never like flying out to see me. It was never flying me home to see him. And I'm 13 years old at the time, you know, like I feel like normal parents, if they're going through a separated time, they make time to see their kid. I felt really pushed to the side and they would argue. I remember my dad had sent a bunch of boxes. Oh my God, this was so traumatic for my mother, but he had sent a bunch of boxes from home of our stuff because I don't even think we, I think we just like instantly moved. I don't even think we went home to pack, but he sent a bunch of random boxes and it included like her wedding dress, like random, like he didn't care. He just like threw it all and just sent it. And she was crying on the floor. Like, how could you do this? And you don't care. And, and then I was there. It was just so insane. Like so insane. My mom ended up getting a job at the restaurant downstairs under our apartment building and she would literally bring home like leftovers from people's plate for me to eat. Like it was it was gnarly. And meanwhile, during this year, we had one of those old Apple TVs that would play you know when like it would pause and then there would be like a slideshow of pictures from the family iCloud. You guys remember what I'm talking about. But basically a bunch of pictures were, would come up and I was just like in the bedroom or something. And I remember looking, all of a sudden I looked up and the iCloud photos were going. And this random ass woman in lingerie on a bed was, all these pictures of this woman were coming up on this iCloud thing. And I was just like, who the fuck is that? What is this? Like the woman looked kind of familiar, but I was like, so confused didn't want to tell my mom like it was so horrendous I told my sister and then my sister was like oh my god when I went home to visit I remember there was like a kombucha in the fridge and dad in no way would ever drink a like a strawberry kombucha or whatever it was so at the time we all we like were speculating that he had a girlfriend of some sort We came to figure out that it was actually his horse trainer, this woman, this fucking evil ass woman. 
it was so rough you guys it was so rough when i would go home to visit she would have to leave but like all her stuff would be there and like he wouldn't confront me about it he would not tell me about it and i didn't want to tell my mom about it and this year ended with i remember it was my eighth grade graduation in new york and i wanted my dad never even thought about flying out at the time but i remember asking him i was like hey like can you send a hundred dollars like I want to have a graduation dinner with Zoe my sister and mom and he was like no sorry we don't have the money for that right now and then I vividly remember my mom had went to like Citibank and somehow gotten into his bank account and was showing me his statements and being like yeah look he spent two hundred dollars that night of your graduation at a dinner at this place obviously it was like a dinner for two and like was showing me his bank statements and how basically terrible he was for not like yeah it's all fucked and terrible but that should never be something a mother should show her daughter it was so traumatic and it was all based around money and stability and like oh my god we're not going to be okay soon you know and that was where like my true anxiety started with that long story short we ended up moving back to our hometown where i was originally from because I had the option, I got into LaGuardia in New York for dance for high school, and it's a pretty big school. It's like where Timothy Chalamet went, whatever. It's a really nice school, but the dance program wasn't that good, and I was like not really that into it. And I don't know how I got my mom to move back to our hometown, but I did, and we just lived with a bunch of our friends for years. My first few years of high school, I would live in like a new house every week of our friends like luxury couch surfing basically and I remember at the time I would like ask my dad or my mom would ask my dad like we need money to find an apartment of some sort here and he would not even think about sending anything he wouldn't didn't care about where I was and if I was okay and that's like where it all kind of really started for me and I know around that time they had decided to get like a real divorce And I don't think they talked at the time, like saw each other, but they would like have like cold emails, you know, and that's when they decided to have and really get divorced. So I remember the summer of my ninth grade, I went to Boston Ballet Summer Intensive and this was when like all the court stuff was going on. And oh my God, this is such a, I, I honestly blocked out this whole time, but I remember I had written journal pages and they were just kind of about you know the divorce and what's going on and that I'm not like okay and that whatever and my mom had taken pictures of these journal entries and used it in the court um like to like you know in divorce you try to get child support and whatever and I think I was always a hundred percent having what do you mean like what's that word where my mom has custody 100% custody with my mom but my dad basically in the court was arguing to get the child support down and the alimony, which is like what you pay, whatever, your ex-wife down. And I, yeah, I was at Boston and he would like send me these letters and it was just so bizarre. And I remember texting one day, like right before the night before the court date. And I texted him. I was like, I'm so scared for mom. I think she's not okay. Please don't do this to her. Um, I'm, I fear she's going to like, I said, I'm scared she's going to like hurt herself. Um, Please don't do this to us and to her. 
and I texted him that the night before and then it ended up the next day my mom was like oh my god what the hell did you text your dad and he had screenshotted my text and used them in court um to basically say my mother was unfit and that like I think maybe he wanted custody so that he didn't have to pay or something oh god this is so bad this is so traumatic so after that I was obviously like fuck this I was so upset I then would not talk to my father of course and I he didn't really care that I wasn't okay that I didn't have a home that you know it was just it was shit was hitting the fan you guys me and my mom were just traveling around my mom was not okay my mom stopped eating she was like so upset she started working at like a random um clothing store in the area and for her like obviously that's hard for her pride because she owned like a company that she would probably sell to these clothing stores at the time and now she was working and all these people would come in and be like oh wait like aren't you the owner of luna luna like why what are you doing working here now and it was just like a really crazy time and i think my dad would write me like letters once a month being like i i miss you and i want to talk to you but it was never like showing up at the door and being like okay like i love you like what can we do or, or how can i take care of you or it was nothing like that it was just so crazy I genuinely don't remember what happened next, but I think I would spend like Thanksgivings with him. And so this woman, this horse trainer, this fucking bitch, we would spend Thanksgiving and she was so awful. You guys, she was so awful. I remember like, I don't know, she would just be so touchy with him in front of us. And then like, I remember one time my sister left the room and then she had came and been like, well, you better get used to it, honey, because I'm not leaving. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, she was full Meredith Blake, like, parent trap, bad woman. And I think, I don't really remember what happened after that, but my sister made, like, an ultimatum being like, I'm not coming home ever to see you if she's there. And, like, my dad ended up breaking up with her. Thank God. This is getting so long. This is not what I wanted to talk about, like, the full story, but... Flash forward, I think, you know, as I got older and then I started my YouTube channel, I got more financially. Oh, my God. I had found. So my mom had gotten this job with DKNY where she had to move to New York and she was going to be making a lot of money and she was like the head of design or something. So my mom moved to New York and I lived with my dance teacher and it was honestly fine. Like, I think I had gotten my permit or something at the time. So I was like learning how to drive. But during this time, I had found this apartment and me, like I was probably 15 at the time. I had scheduled on Zillow to like see this apartment. It was in our budget. Like this is, I was probably like a end of sophomore year or junior. I think I was a junior, but I found this apartment and I went and viewed it and I remember like this real estate agent was just like, hi, like, is your mom coming? Like, I was just this little girl like seeing this apartment and I spent this whole night and I'd hacked into, I found like in the drawers, her old tax returns and I found, I hacked into her bank accounts. I changed all her passwords to find her like statements and whatever and I had applied for this apartment and I told my mom, but she was, oh yeah, at this time, I think she might've been in Indonesia because she, her factory for her clothing line was in Indonesia. So maybe this was before, I don't know. Anyway, I'd hacked into all her stuff. I applied for this apartment and we, 
ended up like we didn't get it and then one person dropped out so then we ended up getting it and it's just so funny like I remember vividly sitting in English class in high school like on my computer applying like on whatever rent.com like to this apartment and we ended up getting it and it was the cutest apartment that's like also where my you see a lot of my OG YouTube videos but we ended up moving there in my junior and senior year of high school and at this time, I really didn't talk to my dad at all. I'm, I'm not really sure. Like, I, again, blacked out this whole time of my life. But I now, once I graduated high school and became financially sufficient on my own and child support wasn't an issue anymore and all of that, I found a way to like, okay, I'm going to build a relationship with my father aside from anything you know, he is my dad at the end of the day. And now that money isn't an issue, like, let's see if we can build a relationship. And that's kind of where we are at now is we're still like, we're in a good spot. He's obviously like, it's a lot of trauma and it's a lot of things we have to work through. But I'm like, have a separate, my own separate relationship with him now. So that's where we're at now. But what I wanted to really talk about was, you know, dealing with parents of divorce, being a child of divorce, dealing with all those things that you go through and how I really got through it at the time. Because the main issue for me was just, I mean, I'm sure for everyone is that parents, unless you have a really mature, emotionally mature parent, they shit talk. They shit talk each other to you. And that was my, that was the hardest thing I think with it was like having to be their messenger and they couldn't even talk to each other at the time and they'd be like well tell your dad this 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 or tell your mom like oh well your mom lied and did this and it was just telling me all this information this poor little kid that like shouldn't have to worry about money shouldn't have to worry about like feeding herself or anything like it was so traumatic and it's something that I can't look past as a parent to do that to your child is really crazy. And I know, you know, I mean, I'll say that now, like if I ever go through a divorce, I wouldn't do that. But I do have to remember the one thing you do have to remember being a child of divorce is like, this is your parents' first time experiencing this as well. At the end of the day, they're, they're just learning and growing too. And they're honestly children. (laughs) They're honestly children. And I understand like, you know, I've been through breakups now being a 22 year old and I can't imagine sharing a kid and having to like talk to that person and seeing them mistreat their kid or not give money and stuff like I still think in no way would I ever bring that upon the child you know but it's hard like I I can't imagine having to share a child with someone that I'm not okay with or something traumatic happens so you know there has to be a level of understanding but also not at all because in that's not the child's choice at all And it's something that is truly traumatic. That's one thing that, you know, I don't know the inside of of everything that goes on. But when I watch the Kardashians and I watch how Kim is handling her divorce with Kanye and the kids and that she's just like, as long as my kids are okay, like I'm never going to bring them into it. I want to protect them from everything, from the Internet, from what's said about him. At the end of the day, it's still half of them. It's their blood. It's their blood father. And in no way am I going to be out on the internet, you know, taking it out on him and and shit talking him when I have kids that like 
share his blood, you know, and that's like something I really do respect. And I wish that I had that luxury, obviously, being a child of divorce, not having to watch my parents go through that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it happened and it's common. And how I ended up getting through it was you have to let it go in one ear and out the other. Like, and obviously set boundaries. That's the number one. I was in therapy this whole time, I think, throughout high school, but set boundaries. Try to stand up for yourself as much as you can. Like, if your mom is shit talking your dad, be like, you know what? Like, at the end of the day, he's my dad. He is half of me. And this is really traumatic for me for you to be shit talking him. I don't want to hear about it. This is not involving me. And can you please just handle this yourself? And not that she's going to understand it, but she should. And if it does keep happening or like smart little remarks or like, oh, yeah, if your dad da, 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 still happens to this day, still happens to this day, they both do the same little smart remarks. They still don't have contact at all. You have to let it go in one ear and out the other. Do not take it in personally and try to just move past it as much as you can is what I've learned. My mom has not dated since and has never brought anybody around that I have to get used to. So that's been great since I, you know, primarily lived with her and still do. Um, But my dad, on the other hand, always had a new girlfriend that I had to meet and get to know. And of course, they are all evil to me. (laughs) And it's really hard. It's really, really hard to accept a new woman that your dad is dating. It's never going to be easy. You automatically are going to hate them. And I had the right to multiple times because they were all pretty much awful. But now I want to get into what happens during the parents' divorce, what happens after and how I handle it and have handled it in the past because it is an ongoing thing. If you guys are a child of a not good divorce you know it's like there's things you have to think about like oh my god what if I when I have my baby like and they both have to be in the same room or I get married and they have to both walk me down the aisle and like there's just things for the rest of your life that you're going to have to that that are going to be different you know and it's like first of all so sad because you're losing this idea in this image of a perfect family and an easy family and vacations and you know, it in these happy moments and so many like milestones that are going to happen in your life, like the fact that now you have to think about and have anxiety because your parents can't get along in the same room. It's so messed up and sad. And, you know, I say this now, but if I'm ever, you know, divorcing my husband or whatever, I would never put my child through what I was put through. And I understand that, you know, parents make mistakes they're all growing but it's definitely a really hard thing and nothing a child should ever go through the number one thing that had happened and still happens to this day is parents talking negative negatively about the other parent um i would say it probably happens more on my mom's end than my dad's because my dad has a new wife now but It's so hard and it's gotten better, I'd say, throughout the years just because like now I'm not, you know, he's not 
having to support any of his kids financially or anything. So there's that to think about. But there's always going to be a little negative remark. And me and my siblings, whenever it happens, we just look at each other and we're just like, Ugh, roll our eyes. You know, it obviously is so important to set boundaries and be like, hey, you know, that's half of me. That's half my blood. And at the end of the day, it's still my parent. And it really hurts to hear you talk negatively about them because you're talking negatively of half of me. And that is sad, you know. So I've tried to set boundaries multiple times and it's hard because then in my situation, it was like, well, apart from from me, like, look at how your dad treated you. And it's a guilt trip. It's all these things. And it's just so important for you to be above the situation and almost look at your parents as children and be like, okay, well, I'm going to be stronger in the situation and I'm going to be above it. Everything you're saying to me is going in one ear, out the other. I'm going to focus on my relationship with two of you as two adults in like an adult relationship that I'm in now, you know, so set those boundaries, I think is so important, even if they're not being followed, you know, other than that, for me, I let it go in one ear and out the other and basically just be like, well, it's my father and I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> it's going to be like this for the rest of my life. And it really hurts when you say those things. So yeah, I just think communication is key in those ways, of course, but don't take it personally. Obviously, they're just going through some rough shit, you know, and they're all just children and they're it's their first time here, too. You know, in my situation, when too much information was shared, like the bank statements or like I just remember there were so many like little details for each of them to prove their point to me of who's in the wrong or in the right or who I should side with. And I think in those moments, I wish I would have been like, uh, but I was just a kid, so I don't know how I would have done this, but I just wish I would have had set a boundary and been like, I don't want to know any details. It's not something I should carry throughout with me and my life. And that's going to cause me a lot of trauma. And it's not fair to me. Like, I'm just your kid. You guys deal with your own shit. Don't tell me anything financial. Don't show me receipts. Like, I don't need to see that. Handle your own shit, you know? The next thing is having to accept and deal with a new girlfriend or boyfriend or new stepmom, per se, stepdad, coming into the picture. I haven't dealt with this with my mom yet, although now, at this point, I would be just so very happy for her to find someone. Like, that's not even a question. But with my dad, it was hard because he moved on so fast and I had to deal with meeting different women. And, you know, it's just so bizarre because, again, you're just trained. You're trained automatically to hate this person. This is the person that replaced your mom in your head. You know, obviously, that's not the case, but this is the person that replaced your mom. This is the person that's acting and trying and taking your dad's attention. And for me, especially, it was so hard because I had that rough relationship with my dad at the time, it's like, oh, you can give attention to this new fucking woman and not your own daughter. And so much went into that. But I think, you know, obviously that first girlfriend was fucking terrible. But now he has a new wife and me and my siblings went to their wedding last year and we are cordial and really, really like she's great. It's totally fine. We have a good relationship. And 
I think it's obviously much different now because we're all adults and we just want to see my dad happy and he is really happy. So that's kind of all that matters. But it's never going to be easy. Another thing that was really hard for me is all the women my dad have has dated. And even now they don't have their own kids. So I'm always like, well, how are they going to know, you know, how my dad is going to prioritize us or how are they going to treat us? But luckily in his situation now, his new wife is great and it all is working out fine. Also, every single situation is so different. Like I have friends that parents divorced at my same age, but they got remarried right away and they grew up with like a new stepdad, like when they were a minor. So it's super weird and super different. I wouldn't claim her, um, my dad's wife, my stepmom, because she's not a mother figure like that. But she's my dad's wife and he loves her and she loves him. And that's all that matters. It is awkward sometimes because when I'm up there, I obviously bring up stories with my mom because she is my whole life. She's my whole upbringing and I still live with her to this day. And she's, yeah, she's a part of a lot of things. And there's a lot of childhood memories I'll bring up to my dad. And obviously his new wife is there and she hears me talk about my mom and I can tell that she's not really that comfortable with it. But I think, again, that's communication and I'm not going to like not talk about certain things with each parent because they're divorced now. You know, I just, I want it to be open communication. At the end of the day, that was 25 years of of marriage and my whole first 13 years of my life. And you guys created these three beautiful kids together and that's amazing and wonderful. But, oh God, it's just so bizarre because they don't talk at all and they hate each other. And I wish they didn't, but... At the end of the day, it's not up to me. And it's something that you just have to accept and learn and set your boundaries and try to, you know, carry what you learn throughout your life. All in all, I would say, of course, set your boundaries. Most of the time, let it go in one ear, not the other. And third, remember your parents are basically just children experiencing this for the first time. And I'm sure it's hard to separate from someone that you're you were married to but you know being a child of divorce we now know what not to do in those situations and remember that for your life and that if that ever happens you know and to any if you there probably are no parents listening to this but if you guys are going through a divorce like please take my story into account in that Please just don't discuss these things with your kid. It should never be discussed with your kid. Basic information, yes, don't keep them out of the loop, but details, financials, anything like that should never be told to a child. And I think it's caused me a lot of trauma that I have to work through in therapy. And um, you guys, my parents should both be getting the bill for the therapy, honestly, at this point. But I'm here for you. It's something that... So many people go through, again, most of my parent, my friend's parents are divorced and it's so rough and tough and sucks because this dream, your, your dream of your life has just faded away and you don't have that like perfect family dynamic anymore that you so wish you had, like the movie, the movie family dynamic, but life isn't perfect and also if your parents were not getting along and fighting and not in love. You have to understand that. And 
give them that grace. And, you know, if you're ever in a situation where you fall out of love with someone you're married to, you want to like experience everything in this life. And I totally understand that. It's just do it in the right way. That's all I'm asking. (laughs) Okay. I love you guys so much. That was very deep. I really am not sure what I just said. I think I just blurted out whatever came to my mind. But I love you guys. Again, please message me or comment things you want me to talk about on this podcast because I have so much. I have so much, but you guys just need to spark my memory, you know? I love you guys, and I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.